0: Hi everyone, it's Lara here, and this is another episode of Those Nigerians. Joining this conversation are two dynamic young men with plans to shake things up in Nigeria. Yes, we will be talking about something transparent, something free, has to do with technology and an event that occurs every four years. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Michael and Christian. Michael, welcome to the uh, to the programme. So, in 60 seconds, can you tell us a bit about yourself? And in your introduction, I want you to include one thing you love about Nigeria and wouldn't want to change, and then one thing you would change in an instance if you had a choice.
1: Ah, Hi, everybody. Uh, very nice to be here. And uh, thank you very much, Laura, for having us uh, on this podcast. Um, this is a really exciting time to be here and to be talking about the subject that we have. Um, in terms of a bit about my background. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, my name is Michael Morindia. I grew up in Nigeria. Um, grew up in Nigeria and I came to the UK uh, at a very young age, um, around eight, nine. And I uh, pretty much grew up here, uh, you know, since basically. Uh, but I have been back quite a few times. Uh, in fact, I got married uh, in Nigeria only uh, just under a year ago, actually, uh, December last year. So one of the lucky few uh, to have tied the knot before uh, the whole lockdown. Um, but, um, but yeah, so uh, very much someone who, who hopes and desires to go back uh, to Nigeria um, one day, um, by God's grace. Um, but for now, uh, just uh, uh, seeing how things work out um and so on so in terms of what i love about nigeria i mean it's it's a long list <laughs> it's, it's a really long obviously it's a bit of a bit a um kind of bittersweet kind of relationship isn't it um what i wouldn't change i think i think i definitely wouldn't change you know uh things like kind of i don't know our culinary delights um mm-hmm. i i just love the, the diversity uh of of the culinary uh, um offering you know that our country has to offer uh, for me uh it's especially within obviously i have to say that within the yoruba uh um, um group obviously definitely love my Obona soup as well which is not yoruba but uh, elsewhere and, and other other dishes too um what would i change um i think one thing that i would change is um i don't know it's a, it's a good question i think one thing that I would like to change in Nigeria would actually be maybe the way you know we can be. Nigeria is, doesn't come across as to be very meritocra a, a good meritocracy. Um, I feel that you know family often gets in the way of progress, um, and sometimes uh, our tribalistic approach sometimes gets in the way. Um, of progress I would like to see more meritocracy whereby even also on the gender side of things as well and I see more women who are very competent and very capable um, in uh, you know achieving things so yeah so I think I think what I love what I'd like to change it's a long list uh, but for a start of 10 I think I'll leave it there.
0: Wonderful, thank you, and welcome again to the podcast. So, the second gentleman I have with me is Christian. Now, Christian, please introduce yourself, and can you tell us, if you became the president of Nigeria tomorrow, what is the first thing you would do?
2: Hi, everyone. Thanks, Lara, for having me today. Um, Yeah, so, um, introducing myself, my name is Christian Elemele. Um, I'm a Nigerian, uh, born in Germany in Frankfurt and uh, came to the UK in 2011 uh, for my studies um, and uh, met actually Michael during my master's at UCL. And after that, I had my first encounter um, with Nigeria, Um, previous encounters before, but that was really the time when I actually moved there and lived there for some time. Uh, just a bit under two years, and uh, worked for ECOWAS, which was a very interesting and very um, uh, was a great opportunity, and also really revealed to me what really the problems are in Nigeria. Um, I'm a development enthusiast. Um, I want to see uh, one day Africa standing on its feet on its own terms, And which is why I really, um, what I would like to do when I'm president is to um, introduce electronic voting. And this is actually the topic of today, Um, um, us working towards a more transparent, more just, more fair society.
0: Well, thank you, Christian. I love how you've just taken us directly into the main content of today's conversation. So yes, digital voting uh, is what we're talking about. Like I said in my introduction, something fair, something transparent to do with technology and an event that happens every four years, which is the election, right? So um, can you just tell us a little bit about what um, the digital voting is, what your organisation does, this initiative that you started? Um, so Christian, perhaps you'd just give us a brief overview of what um, you're working with.
2: Yeah, so um, Restore Niger is an initiative um, which has been launched by DIGA, which stands for Digital Good Governance for Africa. It's a um, UK-Nigerian-based non-profit um, community interest company. And um, what it envisions is for the 2023 elections um, to have electronic voting. Um, When people think of electronic voting... They think of voting machines, they think of mobile voting, they think of remote voting. But what we really want is, um, it's it's not really even the aspect of electronic voting. What we want is free and fair elections. And we have pretty much tried everything already in Nigeria, um, except um, digitizing the electoral process from um, the moment you you cast your ballot to the transmission of the ballots, to the counting of those same ballots. Um, we haven't gotten there yet. And I think this is the time to go there because um, our electoral um, voters turnout is at an all time low. From 1999, it has consistently declined. And that's because people just don't believe in the electoral process anymore. Um, and even those who go, for them, for many of them who go, um, they're the most desperate in society, I believe, um, who are willing to sell their votes for food items, which may or may not last them for two weeks. And uh, there's so much apathy in the country, and it's all caused by, you know, the root of all problems, which is governance. And I believe to um, to change this um, downtrend. Um, and this apathy and this losing of hope, uh, we will have to go to the root of all problems because, uh, you know, things like corruption, bad roads, um, the deteriorating infrastructure, healthcare it all comes back to the way this country has been governed. And the only way to change that is to change the leaders. And the only way to do that is free and fair elections. And then also having people who actually believe in the electoral process in the first place.
0: Yeah, Um, just based on what you've said and um, just that highlight into the desire for the free and fair election, I think it's been such a narrative that many Nigerians have been driving uh, for for decades, uh, probably since our democratic um, movement started. But then you think, well... um, why haven't we? Why haven't we done it before? And why? Why now? Is this the right time? And just in terms of it being digital, and obviously now we've got a very digital um, evolution going on. The world is going tech, and Nigeria actually happens to be one of the uh, pop- uh, popular African countries engaging with technology. Um, is this happening in other places? This idea that you're driving this initiative. Is this happening elsewhere, Michael? Do you know, or is this a new thing that Nigeria's trying, that you're trying to bring it Nigeria? Is it tested, done, tried, and tested in other places?
2: So, electronic voting is nothing new. Um, it has happened in so many countries before, uh, in India, uh, in Brazil, in Switzerland, in the United States. Voting machines, um, it's, it's it's been deployed. Uh, for I would say decades um, what, what will be different is the use of blockchain this is really what um, the innovation which comes into the voting we are trying to propose um, uh, with the blockchain what happens is that um, it's a decentralized ledger which means that each information is, is stored at the same time and um, to, to make it really, you know, easily understandable among the three of us, Lara, Michael, and myself. So if, for example, I say one plus one is two, then obviously both of you will have to agree that it's really two. Um, to be able to change this result, whoever comes from the outside need to convince all three of us that one plus one is not two, but it's three. And if somebody will try that, that will actually disrupt the one block in the blockchain and 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 this is and this is really you know what's so amazing about it because it will enable um, electoral results to be um, re- displayed and uh, streamed on in real time. So there's no such thing as you know secret ballot uh, counting anymore people needing to defend their votes, which we see in Nigerian elections. and elections, to be honest, across sub-Saharan Africa, very often um, that people um, have to fight to protect their vote, that their votes are not changed uh, you know, um, after they you know, turn back home. So you cannot really, in Nigeria, you cannot just walk home after you cast your vote. You have to stay there until midnight, until they actually have counted each and every ballot at the polling unit. To make sure that your vote has counted, and uh, we just believe um, this shouldn't be like this anymore. I mean, we're living now in the 21st century, and we still have the same elections um, 30 years down the line. And um, I think uh, it's 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 time it's time for change. Um, the use of blockchain is also nothing new. Um, most people uh, know it in the financial industry in terms of Bitcoin, um, and uh, blockchain has been used in uh, various elections across the world, in in, in Japan, in the United States, in municipal elections, small elections. Um, The reason why that's the case is because of legislation in those countries. same thing in the UK, in Germany and other countries, there's an issue with legislation. So it will have to become a law um, to use this type of voting this type of elections and um, you know when 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 we talk about Nigeria we always think of vested interest or will they allow it will they allow it and it's not very different from vested interest in the United Kingdom or in the United States because um, what you see in um, was actually Donald Trump who um, who made a statement about uh, remote voting, electronic voting uh, um, with the blockchain, that if this were to deploy it in the United States, that the Republicans will never win any elections anymore and they will never see the presidency again. Um, That's because you will not be able to do things like um, voter suppression, because those people which know that they are suppressed um like in the African American community or Native American community or minorities which are which tend not really to vote for Republicans, um, they can then now just cast a vote from the comfort of their home. And um it will increase voter turnout as well among the young people, which also not really tend to vote for Republicans. So and it's very similar to um the British system which is pretty much also a two-party system, between the Labour and the Conservatives. And um, I believe the the Conservatives will not be so open to this type of voting. But due to the coronavirus pandemic, um, every country is now looking towards that because this seems to be now more and more the future and become more realistic. And uh, if, if not about innovation, it's more about the public health aspect to make sure that um, the voters are protected from the coronavirus.
0: Right. So um, obviously this sounds like it's got. there's less manipulation, less opportunities to manipulate. But when we think of technology, and if I want to be cynical, I'll say, well, people always make a way. There's always a way to to manipulate these things. You know, it's computer, it's machine, somebody writes a code, you know, another person can go there and change it sort of thing. So how how much of a surety does this provide to people how do i know what are the things in place that that will convince me as a voter in nigeria to say if if we go in this direction you're guaranteed that your vote is exactly what it's going to be that there's no manipulation there's there's little or you know no opportunity for this to be manipulated as a cynical nigeria who is listening to this and thinking wow you know they write it they write the code they change the code it's all going to be the same anyway who would like to go for that <laughs> to respond to that
1: michael so what i would say to that one is that again just kind of to reiterate um Christian's point um about um digital uh kind of blockchain because essentially what will make it uh, almost impossible um is that you know when you do record uh your vote there'll be different systems which will um store that information that this person so for example let's say you know somebody called you know Balaji goes to the you know, uh, the polls and, and, you know, he votes on a machine, um, you know, uh, and, you know, once he installs, you know, who he has picked, you know, for whatever party, that information is stored and his feedback across the system. And there'll be different ledgers um, across, you know, say Nigeria. Now for anyone to change Bolaji's vote, they would have to go across that whole network they will have to know uh, where the networks are kind of which obviously it can be in the cloud, it can be on in hardware um, across different locations. Um, so that's the power of having a devolved decentralized system whereby rather than having it all in one place, which is where you normally, which is the current um, uh, situation, it's all in one place. So therefore to change votes, you just need to go to that one place. Um, but in this scenario, um, you would have to go to a number of places. And it's not just physical places. These are digital kind of locations, um, which obviously that information isn't going to be easily, uh, uh kind of, uh, uh, acquired. And obviously they'll be protected. There will be coding to make sure that, you know, these things, you know, are well protected. Um, so it, it's almost, I mean, obviously nothing is, you know, you can say, nothing's impossible. Um, but you can say that, you know, it's, it's, it's so difficult, uh, that the chances really of anyone being able to change, Bolaji's vote or anyone's vote for that matter, um, without the system picking up on it, because that's, that's a, the purpose of, um, blockchain. Whenever anyone's, um, kind of, you know, um, input is different to what's already been registered across the other ledgers. It flags that as a problem. So even if there are hundreds of, say, uh, ledgers and out of a hundred, say 90, the person manages to change 90, the fact that the other 10 haven't, you know, it just needs one, you know, kind of error, one uh, um, mistake to be made and the system will flag it and it will say, no, this vote isn't going to, That it will just flag it as an issue that that needs to be, you know, um, addressed. But personally, I don't think it will, it will come to that. Um, because because there's a way that you can design a system uh, where you actually work with the people, you actually test the system, I and mean, we can come uh, to this um, later as well in terms of um, you know uh, what we are doing and our plan, you know, to sort of get ourselves to 2023 where we can be sure that we have a secure system. Um, but fundamentally, what I'm trying to say is that um, we'll be testing it um we will be also kind of demonstrating to people that this works and it is safe um and that's kind of one of the ways that we're hoping to sort of reassure people that this is is a system that is secure it's safe uh and it's, it's 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 close to almost being proof. but um i'll let christian comment on the on on that as i well. pick up on any, anything i've missed
0: Just before Christian picks up on this, so clearly this is quite disruptive. You're introducing a very disruptive technology uh, into the Nigerian electoral system. Uh, I put myself in the position of uh, a politician, of a political party in Nigeria, who clearly is not uh, looking forward to this sort of um, introduction, right? So... There are going to be many challenges posed to you guys in the implementation of this. What are some of the challenges you've experienced so far or do you envisage um, in trying to make this a reality in, in Nigeria?
2: So the challenges um, to implement, um, as we discussed before the podcast actually begun, um, INEG actually is already heading towards this direction because of uh, multiple reasons. Um, we still haven't been able to run a free and fair elections uh, probably since 1993, which I'm still not sure whether 1993 was also free and fair. But, you know, people say that that was the freest and fairest election. But freest and fairest doesn't mean free and fair. So we haven't gotten to that stage yet. Um, so, Einig, I mean, the, the, the natural next step is electronic voting. But um, it's not just any kind of electronic voting, but it's also to make sure that um, it's done the right way. And if we just go with electronic voting uh, as it is now in the United States or in India, uh, we may fail in a really, really bad way. Um, And if that happens, it will be catastrophic because um, people will just – Uh, believe that, or even electronic voting doesn't work in Nigeria. So Nigeria, you know, maybe we should just divide it because Nigeria is really right now at the brink of collapse. And um, something, something really shocking needs to happen to make Nigerians believe again in its unity, in its, you know, strength in diversity, in, you know, you know, I believe Nigerians are some of the most resilient or the most resilient people walking this, this earth. Uh, what they face on a daily basis in the country or anywhere else in the world is uh, tremendous, you know, and that they were able to always come back up on top, you know, no matter where they are, no matter what they do. Um, and. Uh, if electronic voting should be introduced, which it will, um, it will face massive challenges from the political class, especially once they understand that well, we won't be able to pay INEC officials anymore to, you know, um, go on something like a bazaar and offer uh, ballot papers for House of Reps for two thousand ballot papers for Senate for five thousand ballot papers for Governor ten thousand per, per, per ballot paper. So if they know that they can't do that anymore and the voter turnout will increase threefold, um, then we are looking at the voter turnout of 70, 80, maybe 90 percent. Right now, as it is in Brazil, we have 79.8 percent. That was in the last general election, which I believe was uh, 2017 or 2016. Um Uh, or 2018, I'm not 100% sure when the last general election was, but the last general election, which brought Bonsaro, uh, the current president, to power, had 79.8% voter turnout. And that's because people there believe in the electoral process. Whether if it's because of electronic voting machines, I don't know. But they use electronic voting machines. They use electronic voting. They don't use the blockchain because the blockchain is essentially just an extra security layer trying to instill more trust and confidence in the platform we are deploying. Because what Nigerians will think that, oh, what if this uh, platform is manipulated? What if it's hacked? How, you know, if people run elections from Dubai? Yes, all this is possible. It depends on the designer of the platform. And this is why we have created Restore Niger, a civil um, multi-stakeholder partnership between tech companies, civil society, business leaders, human rights activists, to develop a platform people can trust. We're going to test it in universities. We're going to test it in local government elections. We're going to test test it in state government elections, hopefully next year in Anambra state, and show people it works. We're also going to invite Nigerian hackers and international hackers to try to have the blockchain, to also give the Nigerians this reassurance that The blockchain is impenetrable. It is a tamper-proof platform. Um, And this is all part of this um, what we call living labs, um, this open-echo innovation system approach where we put citizens at the center of developing this platform, because in the end of the day it's the citizens which vote. And most of those citizens are not people, uh, are not the privileged, are not the wealthy, are not the powerful, it's the market traders, are the recharge card sellers, are the farmers, are the students, are the teachers, are the policemen. So we, we want to make sure that those people believe in this platform, not the elite. The elite, of course, they need to believe that this works. Um, but most importantly, it's the masses. And that's like 90% of the population, if not more.
0: And that brings me to my next question, because that's what I was going to say in terms of we know technology is quite invasive in our society today and in Nigeria. But because of the makeup of the country, uh, we have the elite and we have the vast majority of people who don't have access to even the basic amenities. So how do you intend for this um, platform that you're creating, this Um, software this digital voting how do you intend to make it inclusive so that the farmer who lives in the remotest part of nigeria can actually understand and and participate in in this so that their vote can count as a citizen of of the federal republic of nigeria michael
1: if i can uh, yeah thank you yeah I i was actually wanted to expand a little bit on what Christian said and then I will address your question and I just wanted to say a little bit more about kind of restore Niger uh, expanding on what Christian said in, in terms of how we work so fundamentally uh, what what we're doing this movement it, it's it's not really our movement um it's it's a people's movement you know, fundamentally this is not something that Restore Niger is trying to do, you know, as such, I, I, as if it belongs to us. This is, we just sort of wanted to facilitate, you know, what we feel is the passion, the desire, the longing, you know, the, the need really for the average, for many, if not all uh, Nigerians, you know, having access to free and fair elections. So fundamentally, it's about grassroots movement. It's about working with people, you know, uh, across different levels. Um, but fundamentally with the people so that, you know, when it comes to, you know, pushing uh, for changes, say, uh, at the regulatory stage, um, you know, there is a backing of the people. If This has to be something that the people want. We know it is, but we also want it to be that whatever solution and however we approach this is something that is done in conjunction, in collaboration uh, with people, you know, at the... You know, market level. You know, at the you know street level. You know, at any level, really. Um, also kind of up upwards as well through um the the class. So so that is really important, obviously. And then obviously in terms of the grass, the so sort of the bottom up, the the top down approach, which we are also taking, is obviously also um, lobbying and also trying to push um for the required uh regulatory change um as well. So that's kind of lobbying and working with the um, with the legislator to uh, bring that into into play because because without that change it will be very difficult to have uh well, it would not be possible to have um uh, this type of voting so that's something we're also working so is is it's a combination of the bottom up uh and top down um approach to try and bring about this this change, um so to then answer your question about kind of you know making sure that the system. Uh, is something that is uh, accessible for, you know, those uh, who perhaps are not as familiar uh, with technology today uh, in different walks of life. Well, really what we're trying to do um, is also to to make sure that, you know, the system, so the vision ultimately, right, the vision ultimately is that people will be able to uh, vote on their phone. And we are, you know, working our way towards that. Um, One way that that we can sort of um, uh, work how it was is to have a system, a machine, um, whereby, uh, say, people can identify themselves with the fingerprint, or they have their voter's card uh, registration, they go t- to the machine, um, the machine can talk to them. So those who can't read, um, you know, that's one way of making sure that uh, it's inclusive, so the machine will have to talk to you, uh, whether in your language, obviously, we know Nigeria is a country of um you know we have many languages many cultures so that's so that will be addressed um people will will have the access whether you can read or or whether you can't read you also want to make sure that um you know for those people uh you know who necessarily uh kind of need support there will always be staff um so at the the ballot um area um so for example, as so we're talking about people have either been, been able to vote on the phone at home, or those who still, you know, don't have money have a phone, they can still go to the ballot box area where there will be a machine uh which can store digitally um their preferences and there'll be all kinds of support available uh for people of different backgrounds, of different capabilities to make sure that they can still uh vote and there will be a receipt that they can have that will tells them or that 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 reveals um what choices they have made but obviously not without their identity so you you know we don't want people to um be exposed um but this is this is this is something that we are designing uh and working uh with different stakeholders uh, and organizations to make sure that you know the 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 output or the outcome is something that works effectively efficiently uh, and and it, is, it brings the optimum outcome uh, for Nigerians.
0: Um, clearly, you're going to have to engage different facets of, you know, Nigeria to make this a reality. Can you just quickly take take us through uh, the definitive steps? So clearly, you've started, you've you've built a platform, you have this software, you know, it can work. Uh, but it's going to take a lot more than that for this to actually become a reality in Nigeria. So what are the definitive steps that you've taken or need to take um, to make this a reality for the 2023 election or even for the trial um, that you're hoping might take place um, next year in Anambra States? What, what, what do you need to do? What, what's been done and what do you still need to do?
2: So the first step, as Michael already mentioned, is um, uh, the electoral law amendment passage. Uh, which will allow for uh, the electronic voting we are proposing currently to INEC um, and also the electronic voting INEC is envisioning to deploy uh, for the test round uh, test round next year and the 2023 election. So paramount is that the electoral law, the amendment has to be passed. Um, we strongly believe it will happen before end of this year, if not early next year. Um, when that happens, it's really about um, us getting to uh, win uh, this bid um, with INEC, and then um, or whoever else is going to win, um, and then to deploy it. That's really it. These are the major steps. It's not as complicated as people may think. You know, uh, when we think about Nigeria, we always think that oh, it's not possible, it's going to be impossible to do it because one big man, one ogre, one chief, one former ruler will come and say that this is not possible. But Nigeria is actually not this way. Um, we, we have a lot of people, a lot of groups which work on a lot of things. And a lot of times we have many organizations working on the same things but not together. And the beauty about Restore Niger is that we're bringing all stakeholders together. We bring government together. We bring uh, the Electoral Commission together. We bring citizens together. We bring uh, the public figures of Nigeria, which mean well for Nigeria, together. Um, we bring the private sector together, Oracle, DataCrest, uh, who on the technical side developed this platform. And then we also bring civil society together. And in the civil society, uh, which I see as very corrupt in Nigeria, unfortunately, um, there are a few good actors, actually, um, which we have identified and um, decided to, you know, to form this initiative together. Um, And uh, it's important for the voices which are credible in the civic space to come together to speak with one voice, because Um, What we have seen in the last general election in Nigeria is um, 74 political parties, of which maybe just five were viable. And then among those uh, five or six parties, uh, two are obviously the known ones, APC and PDP, and the other four were from opposition candidates like uh, Kengsli Mogalu, Omoyele Shore, uh, Feladour Toye, um, Tokpe Fashua but they couldn't come together as one to challenge these these guys. And if, if we cannot work together on the electoral amendment bill, and if we cannot work together in making sure that whichever platform INEC adopts is a free and fair and transparent platform, which has been approved and given the nod by the people, what we will see is an election which will be made by irregularities we have never seen before. In fact, maybe the voting we have right now may be even better than going into electronic voting. Because if you do it the wrong way, like many things we have done in Nigeria in the past, it will be disastrous. Um, not just on the election side, on the side of the psyche of every Nigerian, because they will have given up all hope at any Nigeria um, you know, people have aspired to create. Um, the The main stakeholders are really the National Assembly uh, for the Electoral Amendment Bill and the presidency because he signs it off. But then on the element of the diaspora voting, which is not just an Electoral Amendment Bill, it's actually a constitutional change. So with the constitutional change, we'll have the State House of Assemblies, at least two-thirds of them, they need to vote in favor of it then um, it has to be passed through the Federal House of Representatives, through the Senate, and then be signed by the presidency. But even that, I believe, will not be such an issue because um, Nigeria is going through severe economic uh, challenges right now. And it will need as well, in particular, the diaspora to get out of this. But you cannot ask a people which cannot even be um, which have no say in the way you govern this country, in the projects you decide to invest. And quite frankly, the diaspora community of Nigeria is the most powerful of all diaspora communities in the world uh, with an annual remittance, official remittance of around $25 billion, which are now officially, I think, I believe are around 35 to $40 billion. So if those people cannot even be part of your electoral process, you cannot expect them to invest in that country. The diaspora needs to start being, being put at the center of the national development strategy of Nigeria. Um, and that will need a constitutional amendment, uh, which is not as easy and straightforward, but because of the situation we see, find ourselves in, I believe even that will scale quickly through, um, all the legal bodies, the State House of Assemblies and the
1: Federal House of Representatives. So, yeah, so I, I, I just wanted to quickly add to what um, Christian said about the challenge with uh, kind of trying to get this um, to, to pass. I don't think it should be, you know, that difficult. That's why we keep emphasising that this is a grassroots thing. It's it's what the people want. And if 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 the people can rise up, um because for example when i talk to people about kind of digital voting you know people always say well you know why is it that you know uk you know, canada germany us you know why don't they have what we are you know talking about now i mean they have aspects of it um but not fully what we are trying to do my response often is that well they don't have an incentive you know their system works. Yes, there is corrupt definitely in the UK, US, and all developed economy uh, voting system, but it doesn't compare uh, to what we see in many developing countries, and and we can speak specifically for Nigeria. So we we have a very strong incentive and a, and a strong need, um, but you know we have to be to be to be um, awakened. You know that there is a possibility of change. Nigerians need to wake up, you know, we, you know, we are, we can be seen as a people who almost find comfort in our desperate situation. You know, it go better, you know, like we always saying these things. Um, And yes, it will be better. You know, that's one of the wonderful thing about, you know, Nigeria, we are an indomitable, resolute people. But in our resoluteness, you know, we must also aspire and recognize that there is something far better that is within our grasp, if only we will reach for it. And that's why I say that, you know, I just want to emphasize the fact that this really is an opportunity we feel, um, not just for Nigeria to wake up and push for what will bring meaningful, sustainable, lasting positive change not just change like Buhari told us but positive better change it's also an opportunity to put nigeria on the global map and we already are in many respects you know we 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 predicted to be the third largest nation you know by 2050 in, t- in terms of population and many other things puts us on the global map even nollywood but from a technology perspective that we have tried something new something potentially disruptive and we are the forefront of it and we can lead it this is a wonderful opportunity that can also create great opportunities as well for employment for growth for investment because one of the reasons why why i decided to work with christian uh you know join digger and join the restore niger movement is because for me i always thought about you know, this um, sense of, you know, an, an acupuncture, it sounds like an odd illustration, you know, when you lie on the table and and they put needle into your back, it's because when they put a needle into your back, that point of pressure, when you alleviate it, it irradiates ease and comfort far beyond that particular area that the needle has been pointed into. And for me, I feel that governance and therefore you know uh, digital election is is such an acupuncture that it can irradiate um ease and comfort across so many pressure points that nigeria is going through uh and can therefore unleash much um, opportunity um, and growth so yeah just to really underline um the point that Christian made there. Sorry to um, jump in.
0: That's all right, Michael. That was a very wonderful, uh, well, a very valuable addition to make, actually. And I think one of the resonating... um, theme or element of this conversation so far is the importance of the engagement of the people of Nigerians in this whole process and like you said this is not just um, an isolated initiative as it were but it's a civic we all have a civic responsibility to make these to pursue this dream and this reality so people are very core to the um, success of what we're trying to achieve here. Um, so speaking of people, I'm thinking, you know, um, Christian made a point um, earlier about the diaspora and the, the, the necessity for them to be engaged on a national level for the sort of development that we're pursuing um, for Nigeria. So the question then is, as a, dias- as, a, as a Nigerian uh, in the diaspora, you know, in the UK, in America, in Canada, in France, wherever in the world um, I'm based, and they're listening to this podcast right now and hearing what we, we're saying and what you guys are saying. And they they go to the Restore Niger website. They see, you know, the statement, what you guys uh, are trying to achieve. And then they ask themselves a question, what can I do? Because... If there's any one thing Nigerians of the diaspora are known for, it's that many people desire the progress of Nigeria. They seek for the the change so much, but they often feel handicapped, like we don't know what to do. So if we're presenting this to them as an opportunity and we're saying, look, things can get better, and one of the steps we're taking is through a free and fair election so we can have the right leaders in place, tell me, how can I as a Nigerian, abroad engage with this initiative, what can I do um, to be part of this vision hear our thoughts on that question and many more you'll have to tune into part two of this conversation with michael christian and my very self there's so much we've got to share uh, but in the meantime please visit restore to find more information about the movement for change in nigeria and how you can get involved as always if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe and share across your network i'll be back with part two